Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 35 of the Social Liability Podcast. I am your host, the Razgrees, with my co-host, the Buck Grundle. And this is a podcast where we complain about those folks in our lives that violate the social contract that we all agree to live by. Okay, Buck. Normally, we ask you, you know, how's your week been? But you know what? We're, we're going to talk about me. <laughs> yeah, let's do, let's like I always have an uneventful week. How was your week, Brad? Oh, it, it, today just sucked. Oh, today sucked. Tell me, tell, tell me more about it. What about today sucked? Well, it started out last night because <laughs> I, I I I work for a for a municipality, and, and when somebody does something that costs the 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 municipality money, I have to do an investigation on there, and and I, I handle the. Uh, the the litigation sometimes and stuff like that. Um, so I was dealing with an issue last night. And then today I'm supposed to have off. I have off on Fridays. Well, nope, nope. I, I went to get my groceries. Nope, got called out because we have another issue. Um, as I'm dealing with that, we get a told, oh, there's another one on the other side of town. So I quickly go get my groceries put away, run over to that one, uh, deal with a little bit of that. Wish them luck and I head back home. Only to get a call from the city managers saying, hey, we need you to go back out and manage this. Okay. So I, I literally spent eight hours out there after that dealing with this nonsense. I get home. We we, we listen to Buck you know, rummage through stuff over there and throw a Coke can down and make a big bang on his mic. And we end up having a, to film for a couple of our other YouTube shows. And I'm just now sitting. I have not stopped moving since seven o'clock this morning, and it's what coming up on six o'clock tonight. Uh, and I, it's supposed to be my day off. Damn it! Don't you wish you had a good friend named Buck who would just stay at work for you in the event of a mandate like this? You're retired. Shut up, punk. Right, Ergo, Don't you wish you had a good friend named Buck who would do that for you now? Ugh. You used to have a good friend, Buck, who always, not always, but I had an 80% success ratio. We didn't work on the same stuff. shift. What? Don't lie. We didn't work on the same shift. We did for years. We did for years. No, we, we were on not. first shift. We were on first shift. We were on daylight for years. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So how's your day been? Actually, you know what? I... I would love to complain about today, but nothing actually happened, so there's nothing to complain about. I thought you were filming an episode of Better Than Bad today. Uh, you know what? I was trying to, and I had caregiver Katie, you know, reprise her role as camera girl Katie, and it just it wasn't gelling. It just wasn't gelling. I don't like the way my living room looks. I don't like I don't like the way I look in camera on a wheelchair. I mean, like, it's just all vain shit that, that's really, like hindering the, the 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 flow of progress but oh, I, I don't know that sounds like sympathy views if you ask me but hey who am it, i to judge you know what i mean i only like milking my disability when it behooves me <laughs> or other people and you know harnessing my own very delicate and fragile self-image even more by allowing people to see me in my natural habitat like no, I just like I have to work up to it. I have to like here in the podcast, like and yeah, we do a little bit of video, whatever, whatever. But I'm always like stationary, or you know, like you know, riddled back, and I just yeah, 
you know, either way, it just, it just wasn't feeling right. So I stopped it. And because I stopped it before I got frustrated, it really just summarizes as a better than bad day. But either way, nothing really happened. So, you know, whatever. Right on. At least I didn't have, at least I didn't have that cluster fuck that you described. No, oh, I, 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 I'm, I'm being ex- extremely vague. Cause I don't really want to put out there exactly what I do. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a cluster. Are you serious? Did it? Did it really? Did it? Did, I don't know that it turns out in the mic. I yeah, you have a soda can right under your mic, and you're gonna It's Miller time, bitches. No, man, it's Coke time. You see? You see that? Oh I mean, my god! Like, oh hey. my god! You know, it's so funny. What? Before we hit record, you started you started yelling at caregiver Katie. Hey, make sure you don't hit your vape stick while I'm talking. But here, it's Miller time, bitches. <laughs> yeah, because I'll tell you, she doesn't have to say sorry if she doesn't screw up. Me, I am apologizing profusely. <laughs> Let's just get into the stories. Let's just get, get you just sit there and sip your coke. We're gonna start out with a story from from the AV Club of all places. Uh, cyberpunk developers ask players to please stop having sex with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I read that correctly. They went <laughs> Today in a bold, new, beautiful future, the developers of Cyberpunk 2077 have humbly requested that their players stop doing the sex act on a virtual Keanu Reeves. Specifically, CD Projekt Red, who you'd think would be a... Would, would, would be bruisier is that's a word okay bruisier than this given that the time they've had devoted to the late as of late to fending off lawsuits and hypothetically fixing the 2020 game have removed a mod that allowed players to have sex with johnny silverhand a character voiced and modeled by the john wick star let's just stop there for a second they named him johnny silverhand I mean, the only time I've heard character names worse was in um, what's what's that damn that's that smut book? Dollballing? Uh, no, Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's You're this? talking about the book. I I was talking about a movie. <laughs> yeah, but c- come on, Johnny Silverhand. I, I've and, never. If he's not the villain that, in the game, that's a problem. Well. I just, I want to know why you feel like you're going to, like, that's a real odd fucking hill to die on. You're going to, you're going to sit here and gripe about the fact that people are having virtual sex with a character that you gave a porn name to. (laughs) Like, hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going to give this guy a porn star name, but nobody's going to think about whether or not they can do this. It's also Keanu Reeves. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah. Talk about eating a red pill. Given that A, cyberpunk is already extremely sexually explicit, awash in neon dildos, uh, cybernetic sex workers, and horned up billboards, and B, sex mods are usually the first thing that's added by fans in any game, you should see that these people ended up doing it in Skyrim. The existence of Keanu fucking mod, which swapped out Johnny Silverhand's model clothes and all in for... Wait a minute. And uh, close and all, in for one of the game's valuable sex workers, was much more inevitable. What's interesting, though, is CDPR's argument against it, which digs into the discomfort inherent with creating a 
pretty good virtual model of popular movie star Keanu Reeves and shipping it out with modeling tools to millions of people. <laughs> here's, here's what they have to say about it. Our most important rule regarding user-generated content, game mods in particular, is they can't be harmful towards others. In the case of model swaps, especially those that involve explicit situations, it can be perceived as such by people who lent us their appearance for the purpose of creating characters in Cyberpunk 2077. Therefore, we're making fan content creators have to make sure they get permission from all the concerned parties. What might be uh, for other people... Okay, which might be people other than CD Projekt Red... For the characters we're inviting for the game, we broadly permit you to tweak the game at will and just have fun. When it comes to the models of real people whom we've asked to participate in the game, we kindly ask that you refrain from using them in any situation that might be found offensive if you don't have their explicit permission. In other words... Go ahead. That's like the Willy Wonka version of telling people, is it like, oh no, don't stop. Yeah. Like, that's what they're doing. They are, like... Let's just get the elephant out of the room. The only reason that statement was released was to cover their asses. The damage is done. People are doing it, and they're not going to stop. And everybody's just sitting in a meeting going, okay, how are we going to do damage control on this? We'll say we don't condone it. As long as we don't condone this, we kind of wash our hands of it. Yeah, I mean, the same thing happened a couple years ago, actually, when uh, one of the Last of Us games came out. There was a character who looked a lot like Ellen Page. And they uh, modded the uh, camera view during a shower scene, which was supposed to be like from the shoulders up. Uh, but then they modded the camera so you could pull the camera back, and there she stood, butt naked. Uh, they had to, they also changed the model a little bit to add nipples and whatnot. But I'll be damned, it didn't look like you were watching Ellen Page in a shower scene. And she threw a fit, and everyone threw a fit. And then less than a year later, she's having like three movies come out with really explicit sex scenes in them. and the model wasn't even of her it was of somebody else yeah well i mean at least she jumped on the bandwagon she's like ah, yeah yeah damage is done might as well make some money on it now whip out in other words when it comes to the original character created for the game have at it uh digital perverts <laughs> but when it comes to the actual likeness of human beings cdpr is likely to keep shutting stuff down well, okay. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of at a loss with this one because does that mean like you can't draw a picture of somebody because it looks too much like them? I don't know. I, I don't know where I fall on this. I really, you know. Go ahead. I my my personal viewpoint on it would be, you know. A, that's not really, like, my flex, I guess you would call it. Like, like that really doesn't, like, spin my wheels. You know, virtual sex with a video game character. So I, I want to start with that little preamble. But as far as, like, you know, the moral aspect goes, the character's name is Johnny Silverhand. And so when they go and, and engage in this, you know, virtual coitus with this fictional character, it really doesn't matter that it's based or has the likeness of somebody else who is actually real because they are not depicting it as 
Keanu Reeves. They're depicting that person as Johnny, you know, Silverhand. And that's just it at the end of the day. And that's the way I look at it. Now, again, I've never been in the position to have that kind of feeling. Like, never had the likeness of me, you know, been plastered somewhere and, you know, violated as such. But, you know, legally, I mean, like, that's... I'm not an expert on anything legally, but that's kind of where I, I would sit if I were a judge. Be like, eh, well, they named the character this. It doesn't really, you know... That's the, that... the only thing... The only thing they have to say at the beginning of a movie is based on a true story. Yeah, that's not Johnny and, Depp. That's not Johnny Depp. That's Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> exactly. But see, that's that's the thing, though. Exactly. That's exactly the difference. You know. All right. And, well, moving on from digital porn to food porn. And we have to make sure that we go down to where, Buck? The great state of Florida. Florida man, Florida man, does whatever the fuck he can. Makes headlines every time. Florida's paradigm. Look out! Here comes Florida man. And a Florida man accused of smashing a Taco Bell burrito in his wife's face during an argument. <laughs> Victor Foster has been charged with battery by burrito. Okay, this anyway, is... Anyway, normally it's you... Whoa, hang on. It's us running away when we Where? see an alligator. Am I right? Oh, or am come I wrong, on. right? For those of you who like me or... Shut up. All right. It sounds like somebody should have passed the pepper. Hang on. Victor Foster has been charged with battery by burrito. This happened in Manatee County, Florida. A married couple's argument turned into an all-out food fight in Florida, and a bag of Taco Bell didn't fare well. This has been reported by Tampa Bay News 10. And that writing right there is just... Again, I think it's sometimes when you're when you're a... I'm a real reporter now, and they hand you this story, and you're just like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Fine. I'll write it. Guys, let it roll. <laughs> it all started when deputies say less, less than understanding husband dangled a burrito in front of his wife's face and made fun of her for being upset about having to force her son to move out of their home. This went down lunchtime Sunday in Manatee County, Florida. The life, the, yeah, the life. The wife wasn't amused and grabbed the burrito, throwing it behind her on the floor. Well, I'm sorry, that is Taco Bell abuse, and you just don't do that. Yeah. Surprised I mean, by the flying burrito, investigators say the husband then picked up the remaining burritos and smashed them in her face, causing some to go up her nose. The husband, identified as Victor Fosser, was arrested and charged with battery by burrito. The wife told deputy she loves him, and they are in counseling because they do not know how to argue as a married couple. Well, <laughs> married couple or not, I, I don't think you, anytime it's really appropriate to argue using a burrito. <laughs> I mean, my wife and I have had some knockdown drag outs, but never did they involve a burrito. <laughs> Talk about a forced mouthgasm. Nah, I'm not even gonna give you the button on that one. Just... Yeah, I was about ready to say that's that that doesn't merit any kind of it, anything. If anything, you should just tell me to shut the fuck up. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but you know, uh, you don't waste Taco Bell. I mean, I'm not condoning uh, domestic violence. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying. 
why did it have to be Taco Bell? I mean, dude, seriously. You never waste Taco Bell. You never waste I mean, like, they don't have a sign that says a billion burritos. No. You want to smash fast food into somebody's face, you go to Mickey D's. Yeah, you get them a, one of those Big Macs or something. Who eats that crap? Nah, man, they ain't even worth a Big Mac. You get a McDouble, pay a buck for it, and then get revenge for a dollar. Bam. Now you need something that's nice and sloppy. And the and the, the, the the McDoubles, they're, they got some mustard and ketchup on there. But the Big Mac has that sauce, and it's always all over the place. And you want if you're going to do it, you need to make a mess. Man, I just, I have nightmares about that stuff, man. It's Thousand Island dressing, and I just. Yeah, you know you want it. No, I really don't. I'd, I'd like to eliminate it from, like, the menu. I really would. But then other people would be without secret sauce. But what about the secret sauce? Great. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you who's not in the mood for the secret sauce. And that is going to be these four guys. Because four men get mouth ulcers after eating 30 kilos of oranges at an airport to avoid paying the extra baggage fee. But it does not say that they got rickets or scurvy. They did not get scurvy, no. In a, uh. in a bizarre incident, four men paid a heavy price after they resorted to some drastic steps to reduce their extra baggage fee at the airport. In an incident that has now gone viral, four men got mouth ulcers after they decided to eat 30 kilograms, uh, I said kilos earlier, but I should have said kilograms, of oranges at the airport to avoid paying extra baggage fees. The incident occurred in... Kuming, southwest China's Yunnan province, the four travelers in question ate the oranges inside the airport itself in a record 30 minutes. I'd love to think it's like that one of the porters came out and like said, okay, ready, go, and hit a stopwatch. And they actually reported it to Guinness. That's what, that's that's just how I'd like to see it. According I'm, to... I, ooh, I just... I'm very, very impressed. 30 kilograms of oranges. I mean, like, that is 66 pounds. 66 pounds. Well, that's that's oranges. between four guys. So, we're we're probably around 16 17 pounds each of oranges. Now, you take the take the take the rinds off. Maybe you take a pound or two out of that. So, let's just say 15 pounds of oranges. Oh my lord, that's a lot. Man, you'd be lucky to be able to get me to skin one orange, much less consume it in 30 minutes all on my lonesome. You know, even if I got caregiver Katie involved, I don't think we could, like, there's, there's no way. There's no way. According there's to the, no way. According to a January 20th report by Global Times, a man surnamed Wong has his, and his three colleagues bought a box of oranges weighing 30 kilograms worth 50 yuan. Uh, during their business trip to the uh, Kun, yeah, Kunming, uh, during their purchase, they did not realize that the airlines would ask them to shell out the extra money for shipping charges for the oranges. As they prepared to board the plane back home, the airport said it was going to charge them 10 yuan for each kilogram in shipping fees for the oranges, totaling 300 yuan. Now, I have some experience with this, and we're gonna we're just gonna do a little test here, real quick, to make sure I'm right. 300 yuan converted to U.S. dollars. And my phone's muted, so that would have been a little bit more dramatic. But it's about 46 bucks, 46, 47 dollars. So, yeah, between the four of them, they, they would have had to have shelled out, what, 12 bucks? <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. And how much would a doctor's visit in China for mouth ulcers cost you? 
And I think they have social, for one person. I think they have socialized healthcare, but I'm not positive. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. Not yeah. willing to pay the extra fee, which was much more than the price of their purchase. The four colleagues reached a consensus to eat the fruit <laughs> there and then. It took them under 30 minutes to finish the box. We just stood there and ate the whole thing up. It took about 20 to 30 minutes, Wang told the Global Times. While it may have seemed like a daring feat, the four men suffered from mouth ulcers after eating so much citrus fruits in one go. Post this ordeal, they were rightly left feeling like never eating oranges again. <laughs> in another amusing incident, a woman faked pregnancy to avoid extra baggage fees at an Australian airport. She created a fake baby bump that contained extra clothes and a laptop charger that wouldn't fit in her travel bag. But that was not it. Before boarding the plane, she had slid her laptop down down her back of her stretchy jumpsuit after going through security. Baggage fees suck. But, I mean, maybe just plan ahead a little bit instead of trying to get one over like this. I mean, of all the times to, like, look at a cop and be like, <laughs> like, is that going to be the time that you use it on try and get a fucking laptop charger or a whole bunch of oranges? Well, see, I, like, re- I remember actually going through the airport in in China, of all places, and they they were really, they are a stickler about the baggage. And I, I had, like, a satchel bag that I always carried, uh when I'm going anywhere just besides home and work. And I had that in my backpack. My backpack was, um, you know, it goes through just fine. But, you know, I have my satchel bag, and I have, like, a hoodie tucked into it. They were all bent out of shape about this hoodie. So I had to pay extra for the hoodie. So I stood there for a second, and I just put the hoodie on. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't a problem anymore. But what I do when I got on the airplane, Buck... Took the hoodie off. I took the damn hoodie off. <laughs> ah, ah, it just bizarre. Uh, I, I understand you have to have a policy, but sometimes it's just the way it's done is just stupid. Logic has to give way to humanity. Okay, so we're going to now go back to Florida. I'm not going to play the theme song again because I think people get kind of tired of it. We do do it every episode because we inevitably we always have a Florida man story. In this case, we have two. And I, I, the way we find our stories is we literally just look at news sites. And anytime you look at anything, it's just like, hey, that's fucked up. And then you looked at it and say, oh, look, Orlando. <laughs> I mean, it's it's Florida. It just seems like the most good, funny shit comes out of Florida. I well, I mean, like, it, it's become such a thing that I actually started following a subreddit called Florida Man. And that's that's where I get most of my submissions for juicy Florida capades. You yeah. know, I get them, I get them right off of that subreddit. I'm just like, eh, coming up on the podcast day, got to get a Florida man story in there. Well, in this case, a man shoots his at his ex boyfriend at least 94 times. Orlando police say, dear lord. <laughs> He better have had a drum mag. That's all I'm saying. A man fired at least 94 times while targeting his ex-girlfriend's current boyfriend during a drive-by shooting Saturday night, according to the Orlando Police Department. Now, let me stop right there for a second. Uh, Man shoots an ex's boyfriend at least 94 times. I read that wrong. Okay. Damn it. The dyslexia is just has me holding me today. Moving on. 
Records show the shooting happened at about 11.30 p.m. in the area of South Kirkland Boulevard and Ivy Lane. As a sergeant was pulling up to the scene, a woman in a silver Chevy Malibu told her the victim had driven himself to the Orlando Regional Medical Center. Uh, police conducted a traffic stop to get more information, and the woman said that Vincent Lee Howard Jr., the father of her three-year-old child, had gotten upset at the woman and her current boyfriend, according to the affidavit. The woman claimed Howard was jealous of her ex's relationship, even though she and Howard are broken up and Howard is married. Howard, his ex, and her court boyfriend were all on the phone yelling at each other when the shooting and Howard made a before the shooting and Howard made a threat towards the other man. About ten minutes after the call, police say Howard drove his wife's black Mercedes to the man's home and fired at least ninety four shots based on the number of shell casings found at the scene. Jesus The man was outside at the time and had to duck into a shrub for cover but was still shot in his left buttock. No one else was shot, although one woman, uh, one woman hit her head as she fell to the ground to protect herself from the oncoming bullets. The woman's boyfriend said they, she saw a man who had his face covered hanging out of the sunroof of a black Mercedes while firing a gun. <laughs> he said he, uh, there were two other people in the Mercedes as well. Ooh, accomplices. What, were all of them wearing fucking blindfolds? 94 bullets and only one butt shot? From a guy I mean, hiding like, in a bush, not behind a you know like a metal plate. No, a bush. Like seriously, that guy would be picked. I would pick myself for a zombie apocalypse team before that guy. Wow, that's saying something. Mul- it is. Multiple homes and at least one vehicle were damaged during the gunfire. Police say they were able to quickly identify Howard as a suspect and determine his address based on the vehicle registration information of his wife's Mercedes. When police arrived at his home, they said that a shooting had just taken place, but no one was injured. Howard's was located near his house a short time later. Police say that he was in a white Nissan with two other people. He is facing charges of attempted first-degree murder with a firearm, shooting from a vehicle, driving a vehicle from which shots were fired, shooting at a building, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, possession of ammo by a convicted felon, possession of a firearm by a violent career criminal, criminal mischief, and unlawful discharge of a firearm. Could they find something else? Maybe he forgot to signal. <laughs> you know what? They, I can't blame them. They're not going to miss any low-hanging fruit. That's for sure. Oh, no. You, you you typically throw all the charges you can, and you know that way you can plead down. Well, if you, if you plead guilty, we'll drop 70 of these 73 charges. Or it could be like, you know, trying to figure out whether or not your spaghetti's done. You just throw everything you can there, and whatever sticks, good. On our way from Florida all the way back up to Canada, as a Toronto man who fatally pushed a stranger in front of a subway says he thought it was his landlord. <laughs> oh, well, in that case. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've had we've, we've all had a shitty landlord or two in our lives, but would you still want to push him in front of a subway? Not in front of, like, a train. I'd push him in front of, like, a subway restaurant and be like, buy me a sandwich, but I wouldn't wouldn't push somebody in front of a train. Well, a Toronto man has pled guilty to second-degree murder after pushing a stranger in front of a TTC subway train in 2018 now admits he thought it was his landlord who had evicted him. At a virtual court hearing in front of Justice John McHonan? Yeah, whatever. For the judge. On Thursday, 55-year-old John Reznik admitted after pushing Yosuke Hayahara 
in front of an eastbound train at the Bloor Yong Station that he told a firefighter and a police officer that he did it. This is in Canada. This is in Canada, and I can't pronounce a damn thing. This isn't French either, let me tell you. According to the supplementary facts read out in court, Reznik entered the eastbound-westbound platform at 10.07 a.m. on June 18th and remained on the platform for about five minutes before seeing Hayahara. Reznik said he watched Hayahara walk towards the bench in the middle of the platform, and as Hayahara got up in order to board the uh, incoming eastbound subway train, Restinick positioned himself directly behind Hayahara at the subway entering the station and pushed Hayahara in front of the subway car. Who did he push in front of the subway car? I'm seriously, I'm reading this verbatim. Now, this is the way I would write a police report. This is not the way I'm going to write a freaking article in a newspaper. What was the guy's name? I don't remember. The train came to a stop. (laughs) The train came to a stop, and the station was locked down, and passengers were removed from the platform, according to the facts. Well, thank God they're facts. But Restinick lingered and watched TTC emergency services personnel that had arrived on the scene. He didn't approach any of the officials, but was one one of the last to leave the platform. He then exited onto Bloor Street and walked to the McDonald's restaurant on Yonge Street, where he had ordered a drink. Restinick then returned to the station and tried to re-enter unsuccessfully because the station was locked down. At approximately 10.45 a.m., 30 minutes after the subway uh, pushing incident occurred, Restinick walked up to the cab of a fire truck, leaned into the passenger window, and said to the firefighter, who was in the driver's seat, I'm the one that pushed him. He then stated, mental illness. <laughs> So the firefighter looked at him and said, so you're the culprit who tried to say sayonara to Hayahara. Oh, God. Come on. To this, the firefighter did ask, why did you push him? Restinick replied, I thought it was my landlord. He evicted me. (laughs) The firefighter asked Restinick to stay put and asked police to attend the location. A few minutes later, Restinick spoke with a female police officer who was at the scene near the fire truck. As she was speaking to the fire, as she was speaking to the firefighter, Restinick interrupted and said, "It was me." The officer asked, "What was you?" Restinick replied, "I did it. I pushed him. I killed him." The officer then asked, "What him?" The Restinick replied, "On the subway." Restinick was then arrested for aggravated assault and escorted into the police cruiser. As Restinick entered the backseat of the police car, he was read his rights and was told he was under arrest for assault and he was not obliged to say anything. Restinick said, I murdered him. <laughs> what are you doing? It's not assault. It's murder. I murdered him. I pushed him in front of the subway. <laughs> this is true. A few seconds later, when he was asked if he had ever been in trouble with police before, Resnick stated, no, I murdered him. I freaked out and pushed him on the subway. I don't know why he didn't arrest me on the platform. It's got to be on video. I freaked out. I imagined my landlord, who he evicted me, and I can't find a place, and, I'm, and I'll be homeless. I really did it. It's no joke. I killed him, for God's sakes. <laughs> wow. Resnick was taken back to the Toronto Police 53 Division while being booked. He said, I regret what I did. The Crown suggested that Restinick undergo a Section 21 mental health assessment in advance of a sentencing hearing, but Restinick would have to consent to it. Defense lawyer Elizabeth Goat 
uh, responded that she continues to work with her client to see if he if she can learn about his mental his, mental health history and pointed to an exhibit from a doctor in which Restinick was diagnosed with major depression, general diagnosis, and social anxiety. Uh, McHan, the, the judge, then spoke directly to Restinick, who appeared via Zoom from the Toronto Self-Detention Center and strongly urged him to consent to the mental health assessment. If we look at the nature of this case, in light of the nature of his totally not without motive, pushing an innocent man in front of a subway car and then admitting it, it seems that mental health may have played a significant factor. For the protection of the public and the purposes of sentencing, the court needs as much information as possible. To ensure this never happens again and to ensure that you can you get the help you need and that it may impact how long the sentence would be, it would be in your best interest. The sentence for second-degree murder is an automatic life sentence with no chance of parole for 10 to 25 years. However, the judge told the court earlier in January that Restinick will be sentenced to a period of parole uh, ineligible, wait a minute, period of parole ineligibility for 10 to 18 years. Uh, the sentence hearing is set for two, two days in March. So, wow, even, even when you're uh, up for murder charges, they still do it by teledoc. What the hell? Ah... You know what? All I can think of is that dude Reinard from where we work. Is that the bitches need like stitches just, guy? No, no, no. Uh, he his wife wasn't dead enough after she after she, he shot her in the face with a shotgun. So he then decided to shoot her in the chest with that same shotgun. Then walked both of the shells that he used along with the shotgun that he used into the state police barracks, laid everything on the counter, looked at the trooper, and said, I just shot my wife. No, he said, and, I just killed my wife. Well, whatever. Whatever he said. And one, and one, didn't the trooper say, oh, okay, have a seat right there? Yeah, he did. Have a seat right there. There'll be someone to talk to you here shortly. He didn't actually take the gun inside. He took the two shells in and put them on the uh, thing and left the gun in the truck. But, yeah, he said, well, have a seat. Somebody will be able to talk to you here shortly. <laughs> And they yeah. they literally took the guy into a, a a room to talk to him while another trooper went to his house and said, yep, there's a dead dead lady here. <laughs> uh, that guy uh, tried to kill himself several times, too, while in custody, running headlong into the door with his head. Um, threatened, threatened to kill my, my ex-wife. And eventually did kill himself. So, yep hung himself in the back of a uh, transport van. Is that how he did it? Yep. He's getting transferred from Greaterford to somewhere else. Huh. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, the guy kind of reminds me of that. And this was the... But when I say the bitches need stitches guy, this guy literally had like drawings on the windows of his house that said bitches need... Bitches get... Or snitches get stitches. No, it was bitches get stitches. That's what it was. Bitches get stitches. So, you know, I remember we were sitting there and it was me and the lieutenant and one of our captains and not the captain that you and I liked, but the other captain, the one who came from the FBOP. Yeah, the dickhead. And yeah, that guy. And Reinhard looked right at me and he goes, the only reason why I haven't killed your wife is because I hope that she's pregnant with a boy. Well, Damn. And that's dark. Oh yeah, it was dark. And right after that, like Sue, like um, 
the uh, mental health professional, uh, Miss Sue, uh, the captain, the uh, lieutenant, everybody put a keep separate order on my ex-wife and this inmate. And they were like, Lynch, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I don't care. I was like, I wouldn't. Like, you don't have to keep me separate from him. He doesn't want to hurt me. You want, like, hey, you know, it wasn't about that. But no, that guy was a kook. Yeah, just a little bit. But yeah, this guy, uh, he ranks right up there with it. I mean, I would, I've had some landlords I don't like, and I've never been evicted from someplace, at least not that I know of. But I, I still can't see how I'd want to push somebody in front of a subway and end like my entire the fr- my, the entire rest of my life's freedom is gone and forfeit just because I got to get back at somebody. Eh. Yeah, mm, no, I don't think I'd do that either. There's there's some things in life that might be worth it, but there, there comes a point in your life where things happen, and life without the possibility of parole is no longer a deterrent. But in this particular instance, I don't see this as it. No. Mm-mm. No. No. Because that's, like, your permanent, like, that you're actually, like, effectively driving the last nail in your own damn coffin. And yeah, I, I have to co-sign that with you, man. Like that—that that is not the instance where I would elect to do that. Like somebody does something to your kids, to your wife, whatever, whatever. It's like okay, life without parole, ah, yeah, yeah, not that bad. But getting evicted—I mean, I might do like five or ten years, yeah, <laughs> you know, for a revenge plot if I got caught. But I wouldn't do anything that merited a life sentence. That's for damn sure. Right on. Well, let's move back down to where the fun times are, and that's in Myrtle Beach. Because a couple accused of having sex on the Myrtle Beach Ferris wheel is charged with more indecent exposures. They'd be in a lot less trouble if they had just get a room. This South Carolina couple busted earlier this month for allegedly having sex on the Myrtle Beach landmark Ferris wheel has been arrested once again on similar public lewdness charges, according to local reports. Eric and Lori Harmon, both 36, are now accused of performing sex acts in a supermarket parking lot and on a bench near a playground. On multiple occasions over the past few months, they allegedly filmed their public liaisons to share to pornographic websites. Oh, geez. They have surrendered to the authorities on the charges this past Tuesday. Eric Harmon now faces two counts of indecent exposure, and Lori Harmon faces another four. They were once again arrested on bond, this time, for, uh, and released on bond for $2,500 each. They have been released for $18,000 and $14,000, respectively, just two weeks ago. The Harmons were arrested on January 16th after police said they found video of the couple having sex in a glass compartment on the Myrtle Beach Skywheel. And they faced similar charges from another incident at a community pool, according to court records. In addition to sex acts, Lori Harmon is accused of public urination in multiple instances, including a hotel elevator and on a, on a pair of vending machines back in December. The Skywheel is a landmark attraction on Myrtle Beach Boardwalk and is among the largest Ferris wheels in the U.S. Seating consistent, consist, its seating consists of 42 glass window gondolas, according to the company, and it's advertised as an amusement ride for all ages. Well, definitely. Yeah, talk about getting caught with your pants down. Indeed. Um, I mean, at this point, it, it literally actually sounds like uh, they they do have an exhibitionist fetish. Um, 
but and they're really bad at it. But they're really well. No, I mean exhibitionists want to be seen, so apparently they're really good at it. They yeah, just I know. Yeah, they're about as good as exhibitionists as they are criminals. Man, I'm sorry. Exhibitionists make money. No, not necessarily. Not, you don't have to be. You don't have to be in pornography if you have a just because you have a fetish. But they they said that they were posting it, didn't they? Well, or they were just doing. We like. Don't I'm sorry if you're if you're like I'm. I'm being very very speculative. Like, I mean, we don't know. I mean, caregiver Katie, caregiver Katie might have a cripple fetish. We don't know. Uh, yes, you do. She's with a guy in a wheelchair. Nobody, nobody would sign up for this on their own right freaking mind. You know, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, it takes a special kind of man to pull bitches in a wheelchair. There's no doubt about it. But Boom. I mean, at the at the end of the day, I tiny Tim my way right into that girl's heart. That's all there is to it. <laughs> like, so, they, they, like I knew, I knew it. Right when I met her, I was like, "Yep, the cheese is slipping right off of that one's cracker. We might as well strike while the iron's hot." <laughs> wow. So yeah, they they apparently have an exhibitionist fetish, and uh, <laughs> instead of going someplace where someone would appreciate watching the show, these two decided they needed to go big or go home. In this case, uh, yeah. Now here, here's the thing: I, I I counterpoint to that. They got caught. But how many people you think have been fucking in that skywheel for years? <laughs> I was about ready to say, man, we could probably pull that shit up on brazers. Yeah, I guarantee you there's videos of people fucking on that skywheel a lot. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bang butt skywheel version. Yeah. Done. I mean, like, we could get on Pornhub and find that. We can find, like, we can find their names. Be like, yeah, these people were here. <laughs> Well, uh, well like, yeah, that's the same Skywheel. When I was in Myrtle Beach, my my I asked my son what because I did the NASCAR driving experience when I was there, and I asked my son, I go, "What do you want to do?" And I go, "You want to do the Ferris wheel?" And he, and he saw the billboards for the helicopter, so we ended up <laughs> had to get a helicopter ride. <laughs> and, in hindsight, I'm kind of glad we did the helicopter and not the, uh, uh, not the Skywheel. And oh my god, oh my god, you're not going to believe this. So. Try me. So uh, on on the news article there is a uh, uh mugshots of the two individuals. Uh-huh. And a quick jaunt over to pornhub.com and type in the word skywheel. The first video that comes up is sucking daddy's thick cock on the skywheel. A 14 second video and guess who it is? Uh- <laughs> what did I tell you? What did I tell that speculation out the window. You're right. You tell me I'm not going to believe that. I just got done talking about that, man. Of course. <laughs> it's, the I mean, first, like, it's the first thing that pops up. But I'll tell you this. Here's, here's the thing, though. It's the only one. There's only one video. <laughs> exactly. And they're going to profit from it. That 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 twenty five hundred dollar bail. Well, it, it does have eight point nine thousand views with eighty four percent thumbs up. <laughs> yep that 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 twenty five hundred dollar bail is gone. They don't have to worry about that. That's why they, that's they fourteen thousand eighteen thousand dollar bail two weeks ago. They got eighty four thousand views on Pornhub, man. Well, hang on, I'm gonna look at their profile now. Let's see what else they got going on here. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Oh man, I'm looking to see if they have investigative. More... Uh, this is investig- investigative social liability. This is investigative journalism, man. Um, I don't see any of their public stuff, though. Nothing else in public. Oh, wait a minute, yeah. Blowjob in the car because I'm a good baby. Okay. Um, yeah, nothing Nothing really else public. Just those two. But, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> hey, 
I'm missing out on a really exploitable market. Oh, cripple porn. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I know there's a subreddit for that shit. Oh, I'm I'm positive subreddit. Yeah, guaranteed. Oh man, I bet you caregiver Katie would be all on board with it too. I framed that shit up the right way. Animates right there. So what you're saying is I need to uh, like overnight you a camera so you can get your new career started. Oh no, I got a camera, buddy. I got a tripod. I got, I got this new cripple control center. This I'll, I'll mount that shit right on my table and be done with it. I'll even put Catherine up here. Be done with it. Bam. Bam! Complete. Darn right. I don't know. Uh, Constable Alex might be a little upset if his table ends up on Pornhub. <laughs> I don't think he would be. <laughs> I don't think he would be. I don't think he would be at all. I think that I could send him a link to it, and he would actually leave a comment about the fine craftsmanship of this particular piece of furniture. Look how well it's holding up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that being said, folks, this has been episode 35 of the Social Liability Podcast titled Food, Firearms, and Indecent Exposure. Uh, make sure you check out our other series on our YouTube channel. Uh, just search for the Mount Moon Crew. You're going to find Buck's other series uh, where he's solo. No, no Raz. Can't have it all. But Better Than Bad, that's doing okay. And you're going to, you try to shoot in something today, but he'll get something before the weekend's over, I'm sure. And we got our compatriot, Sadar. She's got her series going, Just Pizza. You can also check me out on my Twitch channel. It is twitch.com slash the underscore rasgris01. And I'm going to be doing some streaming on there, a bunch of different stuff, usually card games as of late. Uh, that being said, folks, thank you very much. I've been the Rasgris with my co-host, the Buck Grundle, wishing you all a happy and uneventful week so that you don't end up on the Social Liability Podcast. 